This podcast is brought to you by WEEDI, the preeminent national membership association for health IT guidance and collaboration. Recognized and trusted as a formal advisor to the Secretary of Health and Human Services, WEEDI is the leading authority on the use of health IT to efficiently improve health information exchange, enhance care quality, and reduce cost. To learn more about WEEDI member benefits and educational offerings, please visit our website, wedi.org. Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael McNutt, Director of Education and Events for Weedy. This week, it's my pleasure to have on the podcast Lisa Blue, Chief Clinical Innovation Officer with Provider Tech, which offers technology solutions to address the complexity of scaling patient engagement while improving operational efficiencies. She's an enthusiastic population health leader who believes that doing healthcare differently and better is possible. Now, remember that because I'm going to talk to her about this differently and better stuff. She is a registered nurse with clinical experience from acute care to FQHCs, giving her the ability to effectively translate and enhance healthcare workflows. She earned her diploma of nursing from St. Elizabeth Hospital Medical Center in Ohio, her Bachelor of Science in Nursing at Grand Canyon University, and her Master of Health Information from Arizona State University. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. I'm glad to be here. Oh, glad to have you. Um, As we ask all our guests, we want to go into your origin story. So what were those motivations, inspirations, and aspirations that brought you to healthcare and brought you you to me today? Yeah, that's a a really great question. You know, I I remember being a a new nursing student and a lot of my, uh, my fellow students were maybe a little bit more they want to be nurses forever, right? That was their their dream, or they they really had a different um, excitement level. My 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 start in healthcare, I think, was a little bit of a slower start. I I wasn't really sure, like most people, what do you want to do with your life? And so, I like people and I like science. So that seemed like a really obvious connection point. And because nursing is so very broad, I really enabled me uh, and unbeknownst to me at the time to really impact healthcare in uh, such a variety, wide variety of ways through the years in, in my career. So it was a really good choice, um, even though I, I wasn't exactly fully committed to that excitement level that some of my, my classmates were, um, it certainly was the best choice for me. No, fantastic. Uh, tell me a little bit about Provider Tech. Uh, we love the idea of patient engagement and improving in patient engagement. So uh, what does Provider Tech do? So Provider Tech is a healthcare communication company. The thing that makes us different is we have clinical people like me on our team. And so what that enables us to do is really work with our clients and understand the problems that they're trying to solve. And so that is going to be dependent on the different types of patient populations that they're serving the size of their practice, the, the the scope of the care they provide. So all of those are really important variables. Um, I know we're going to get deeper into things like SDOH, but you know when you're talking about those that complexity of different patient populations, you have to understand that to de- be able to develop a strategy that's meaningful to those patients. And so that's really, of course, we have the technology that that helps us scale that, but we really. Um, the, the strategy is really the the secret of what makes provider tech so different. Fantastic. Um, I did mention in your bio, you said you want to, you believe that doing healthcare differently and better is possible. Um, that assumes I'm, you know, 
I'm, I'm a pretty smart guy. Uh, that means healthcare is not better yet. So, um, <laughs> you, you know, you went to St. Elizabeth Hospital Medical Center, Grand Canyon University, Arizona State University, go Sun Devils. Um, wanted to know, let's give healthcare a grade right now in terms of patient engagement and experience. What would you grade it and why? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. And I think if I'm, I, I also was a professor. So if I'm there wearing my professor Perfect. hat for a minute here, um, I'm going to say probably on average, I think some organizations do it better than others, but on average, I'm going to say about C minus. I think the reason that, that I would give that score is because there are so many ways that healthcare is complex period. That's, that's a fact I think we can all agree on. And, and there's a lot of challenges amongst it, but even the ways that we attempt to engage our patients or educate our patients, we, we overcomplicate it. It often comes from well-intentioned uh, perspectives, right? Maybe, maybe I'm concerned as the provider that I might not get to engage with this patient again. So I'm going to give them all of the information I could possibly give them today about their chronic disease management. Well, what happens? The patient is overwhelmed, doesn't even know what questions they have. Um, so, so I think that the ways we engage with our patients outside of those, those actual face-to-face, -face, the, the times that patients are in front of us virtually or, or physically, um, that, that's the opportunity to really improve that and uh, along that spectrum of care. Now, how specifically through, you know, whether it's provider tech or from your experience, how can we turn this C- minus into an A+. Plus? What are the types of strategies that you see that can produce effective patient engagement? So, the thing we talk about at Provider Tech, the, the foundation of our strategy has really three key facets. That's education, navigation, and behavioral economics. So the first education, I, I already touched on that, that oftentimes we, as healthcare providers, we really want to give patients information. And I think back to when I was still in a clinical role and uh, I worked in a procedural, a cardiac procedural area, and we would send patients home with a whole folder of information about after their procedure, how to care for themselves and about coronary artery disease and, and medication and so much information. So that becomes really overwhelming. So um, education is, is something that, you know, when we're thinking about patient engagement, we need to give the patient enough information so they understand what is the value to them um, or to their child or whomever is in their care. And so oftentimes that's, those are small bits of information that are more consumable than the usual format that patient education is provided in. So, so being succinct and, and really understanding the value proposition to that patient or that patient population is step one. Step two is navigation. We know that navigating the healthcare system, even ourselves as experts in the field, can still be very challenging. And it's important whenever we are attempting to engage a patient for whatever reason that it's very clear what the next step is. What's the immediate next step I need you to do? So going back to that example of a patient that just had a cardiac procedure, the immediate next step for that patient is to ensure that you know they're monitoring their arterial site, what to do in case of emergency, when they need to follow up, how they need to take their medications, right? Those very uh, sound bites, if you will, right? Talking points that we're going to summarize for that patient as opposed to giving them this whole folder that they have to, you know, really spend hours <laughs> reading through to get those key 
points. So, so asking, so asking them to do something, but making it very clear what that is I'm asking you to do. If I want you to follow up, here's how to follow up. Text us to schedule this appointment. Call us to schedule this appointment. Um, the last is behavioral economics. And so behavioral economics is really just the science of, of why we do something or not. As, as a human being. And so when we think about the various patient populations that we are, are working with our partners to serve, if, if we have a, a patient population that, that has a, a high degree of um, social determinants of health and a lot of barriers to accessing care, the way that the way we engage with them, the frequency, the messaging is different. And so it's understanding the complexities of those patient populations and proactively developing messaging that's going to be most relevant to them. So those that's really the strategy. And it's obviously going to be very different based on the patient population at hand. Definitely. Speaking with Lisa Blue, Chief Clinical Innovation Officer with Provider Tech on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Now, you, you had mentioned emerging technology or technology, and, and I want to go one step further, and let's look at you know how things like AI, things like you know, enhanced use of portals, um, you know, apps, you know, how, how was technology, which has seemed to have made such a quantum leap since like you know, five years ago, it seems, <laughs> is improving that patient engagement and experience. How do you see it? I think, again, it goes back to the simplicity. You know, uh, portals, I think, have, have come a long way in recent years. They used to be very clunky and, and difficult to manage. They still they still have some work to do, right? It, it needs to, you know, in the same way that, um, you know, uh, an, an app might... Uh, you know, really put front and center the thing that's most important to you as the the consumer. In this case, the patient is the consumer, right? What information do they need? Uh, if it's results, how can they easily find that? And so, I, I think there have been some improvements, but the the simplicity I think often gets lost um, because of the complexity with compliance. Right. And so we know we're dealing with very sensitive information, but at the same time, we need to not go swing too far the other way and make it too difficult for the patient to access that information. Uh, patient access is big. Um, just recently, there have been new regulations, rules dropped that enhance the patient experience in terms of their ability to transfer their information from one point to another. Um you know, we talked about the role of technology in improving the patient experience. How do you see the role of kind of policy and regulation taking that turn in helping patients with uh, gaining more control and better access and the ability to transfer their information to different parties? Where does regulation and policy play into this whole patient experience? I, I think because of the fragmentation in the healthcare system, that uh, policies like this are of utmost importance. But the 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 piece, the puzzle piece that's usually missing in that is is how to you know, really engage the patient in that process. So even if a patient has access to more information and it needs to get from point A to point B, from PCP to specialist, if the patient doesn't understand that flow or even the value of that, then it's it's really not going to progress us any farther. And so the I think the importance is to one, give access to the patient, but also to have better internal 
um, the, you know, the, the sharing of information. So as a patient, I don't think I should be responsible for getting my information after an emergency room visit back to my PCP. I think that should, that information should flow. We know that it does happen in certain instances, HIEs and things like that. Um, but, but I think that, that both of those things need to be happening at the same time to, to provide the patient experience that, um, that I think we all want to have as patients. Uh, you mentioned SDOH earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, for folks who don't know, uh, Weedy's holding our Health Equity Forum and Workshop February 12th and 13th in Washington, D.C. So if you catch this before February 12th and 13th, be sure to visit weedy.org uh, to join in. You can actually attend virtually. Um, how does SDOH, Social Determinants of Health, um, in terms of the patient experience, uh, that seems to be a relatively newer uh, element, uh, pretty much since uh, the pandemic, it's really taken um, a huge spotlight in the healthcare uh, realm, even though it's been around for decades upon decades. Um, talk to me about SDOH and the patient experience, the unique barriers that are in place there, and how Provider Tech or you, Lisa Blue, see um, SDOH playing a factor in improving patient experience. So, you know, I think when we first started talking about SD, SDOH more more commonly when it became you know part of the intake process, that was an important step. But initially, it was still sort of isolated, right? We gathered that information and didn't necessarily do anything with it. Yeah. So you have to start somewhere. So great, we we started to collect that information and ask those questions. And and I think all of us in the healthcare field got better at asking those questions, being sensitive to the to the the patient that you know we're asking them very personal things and 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 delivering it in a way that that feels empathetic and kind and and I want to help you. So I think what we're seeing now is that it's now not this isolated data set. It's it's coming more into the forefront of conversations and and certainly it's it's important when we're thinking about patient engagement because if I'm asking somebody to come in for the screening, for example, that's important to them, but they don't have reliable transportation or they can't um, they can't get a day off work, then obviously that's going to inhibit their ability to do that. And so by by understanding that those are real struggles that people are facing by addressing them proactively is is the way to to start to overcome some of those things right we understand that it might be hard to get a day off work so you know you have an option to you know have a virtual visit instead and you know we're going to do xyz during that um, and so i think by you know having them more in the forefront it's it's becoming you know more part of uh, of our practice but i think there's also really simple things that can be done to address those. So we did a, a really interesting project with an FQHC client where uh, they we sent them a survey, a SDOH survey ahead of their visit. And based on their feedback, they automatically were, they received a link that had information to address things like food insecurity. So for example, if the patient had food insecurity, they would get this link that provided them information about um, you know, food banks in, in their community. And, and so it was a really, it was a very simple yet sophisticated project to in real time, get the patients, the information that was most relevant to them at that time. 
Yeah, I, I, that's a fantastic example of, yeah, you said the simplicity of it. It's just mm-hmm. adding that additional layer of kind of inquiry into a patient's experience and a patient's mm-hmm. life that, A, on their side, they better appreciate, even though there are always hesitancies of, like, you know, food insecurity, transportation insecurity, you know, cultural barriers. But by understanding and having that information at your disposal, you can make a better you know, healthcare experience for that person, you know, and then their healthcare improves by just the simple collection of this key data that is just readily there if the patient just, you know, offers that information to you and if the right survey, the right questions are being asked. Um, The one thing I I didn't point out, and I hope that it's not, you know, surprise, no, but uh, I didn't want, but the, the issue of privacy and security with the patient experience and patient engagement. Um, what have you seen in your time in the industry, your time at Provider Tech, that um, you know the concern that patients have regarding uh, where their information is being given, who their who their information has been given to? Um, it, it's a legitimate concern. How, how are organizations like Provider Tech addressing the privacy and security concerns with your clients? Yeah, so you know, it, it, at the the foundation, I think you know the the key is to having tools that that are um, secure. That the you know the the patient information is uh, encrypted. Um, you know, both in transit and rest. So so us building a, a tool that really is proactively addressing those things is really key to that. And so, you know, as we're working with our, our clients, the often the providers or the, the payer organizations that we partner with, you know, we're, we're able to proactively address that just based on how our, our tools are developed. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the, the piece regarding, you know, what, what is the patient's questions around that often are, are not bubbling up to us, so to speak, right? Often it's probably things that are happening at, at the provider or the payer level. Um, but, you know, by, by giving them tools that, you know, ha- has, that have those things baked in, um, but yet are still accessible and easy to use for the patient, um, you know, they're, they're able to, to reassure them in the same way we're able to reassure our clients. Excellent. Um, we talked about technology. We talked about regulations. Um, we used to ask our guests, what do you see, you know, healthcare in the next year? It's like, no, that, that's, that's an arcane question now. It's like, what do you see healthcare changing tomorrow? Or what do you see? <laughs> I, I won't give you tomorrow, but I'll give you the next, you know, three to five months, seven to eight months. Um, inside of a year, how do you see technology, regulations, and, and just our need to be better in this industry? Where do you see healthcare going in the next couple of months, in the next year? So, you know, we all have heard, you know, things regarding staffing shortages. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this was a real issue or concern always since I've been in healthcare, right? And certainly the pandemic accelerated that. And, and, and it's going to be, you know, to, to get our arms around that, it's, it's going to, it absolutely requires us now to use those precious human resources as, as effectively as possible. And so how do we do that? We, ha- we need to build tools to really automate and, and support some of those more repetitive tasks. You know, I uh, had a, a large care team in, in my last clinical role. And, you know, there are many things that you say to patients over and over and over the, the same thing that you're providing, you know, to an entire population. And so 
that type of education or reminders or follow-ups can be automated. And what that really does, instead of, you know, somebody making, you know, 50 or 100 outbound calls to a patient population on a particular day, now we're able to automate that, that information that is important to that population. And when they need additional support, then that creates a space to do that because my, my agent is not spent spending all day just making outbound calls. And so, so, you know, I I think in healthcare, that was, uh, that would be nice to have, but now we're at a place where we, we have to move towards that for organizations that haven't yet, or haven't really optimized it. It's, it's going to become essential. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, Lisa, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you on the collective voice of health IT. Before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug, uh, for our listeners? So I think, you know, when we were talking about patient engagement and the strategy, I think it's really important to uh, just like anything else in life to work with someone who really understands what the the problem is to solve. I always joke that I'm a translator in healthcare because I speak healthcare and I speak technology. So, right, we understand the the uh, the language between those and, and that can often be difficult. So, I think it's really important for organizations to look for partners that have that level of expertise that can can take that off of their to-do list in terms of, you know, how do they best identify their patient engagement priorities, challenges, and um, work with someone like a provider tech that that has that that clinical expertise internally um, and the technology tools to, to really scale that. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Once again, I'd like to uh, thank Lisa Blue of Provider Tech for being on the podcast today and look forward to hearing more about the work that you're doing, not only with SDOH, but patient engagement with everything. So best of luck to you and everyone there at Provider Tech. Uh, This has been the Collective Voice of Health IT, a weedy podcast where the healthcare IT community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Find all our episodes as well as information on our association on our website, wedi.org. Thank you for joining us and be safe.